Hey, welcome to Church Alive. Our mission is to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the message. Great to see you in the house of God. Hello, Bella. I'm doing great, doing great. My wife and I were on vacation recently. I want to tell you a story of it. Can you stand to your feet? Let's make our 1245 our loudest, our most best feedback. How I many you know God saves the best to last? Unless you come to the first one, then it's the first one. I reckon the best service is the one you're in. And since you're in this one, and since I'm here, and since you're here, and since I'm here, and since you're here, it's going to be awesome. Amen. Come on, let's pray together. Father, I just thank you for every man, every woman. Breathe upon us again, fresh and new. Let dry places come to life in this place. Let faith that's been a little bit weaker strengthen. Let strong faith, Lord, get even more strong and healthy. Let let men and women rise to their fullest, fullest potential. God, every gift, every talent, every family represented, Lord, we speak the name that is above every name, over every person, over physical problems and all kinds of different situations. We speak the name of Jesus that healing and health and wholeness might be in this house, I pray, in Jesus' name. And a faith-filled group of people said, come on, a faith-filled group of people said, amen. Slap your neighbor, tell them they're good looking. Tell your second choice, don't worry, you're still good looking. Some of you are starting to worry because the person next to you turned to the other person. I want to show you a quick uh, video in a second of my little daughter learning to swim. She's four. And I was at Wave Beach, uh, sorry, uh, Wave Church and Virginia Beach at a conference. There you go. So I finally spat it out and um, bumped into a bunch of people from our church who can't swim. And so as I was teaching my four-year-old to swim, I was also teaching some other guys in our church to swim. And uh, one guy in particular, if he will teach me the salsa, I'll teach him how to swim. But anyway, here's my daughter. Come on, someone. Come on. That was more than I got out of three of the men in our church. Let me tell you, Virginia Beach. Uh, just not really. Actually, it's, uh, it's actually true. Um, but I just want to give you this thought, sometimes naughty. Uh, I want to give you this thought that your, um, your, the breath of God is as important to your Christian life as oxygen in your lungs. The breath of God, God breathing upon you is as important to you as if you were to dive on down and literally get in some water. And how many of you know that you don't, you can't hold your breath very long? The breath of God, this series is called Breathe Again. And I truly believe that God's put a real word in my heart. I'm going to teach a lot about the Holy Spirit 
I think it's going to unlock some things. For some of you, it'll be the first time. Some of you, it'll just be encouragement and new information. Some of you need to get rid of some old mentalities, old thinkings, because for some reason, someone mentioned the Holy Spirit one time and they were weird. And so you think anyone who mentions the Holy Spirit's weird. But I want to tell you, sometimes you just meet people and they're weird. And it has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. It has nothing to do with God. It's just they're a little unusual. I normally find it's, it's normally their fault, not the Holy Spirit's fault. <laughs> Can I get a good amen? And then let's be honest, sometimes God might do something unusual in your life, but how many of you know it doesn't keep you unusual? <laughs> sometimes I preach and it's unusual. <laughs> Genesis chapter 12. I want to lay a foundation today. That is a, a, an important foundation in the Old Testament that begins to instruct us and enlighten us and teach us on really a number of things that God taught a man by the name of Abraham on Sarah, and he is the father of faith. And so I want to teach a number of things today in four points. If you'd like to take notes in church, that'd be a good time to do it. But um, I want to teach these things because I think it sets up where I want to go for the next four weeks and five weeks and however long this goes in our church. So how many are here to learn? Yeah, yeah say amen. amen. We're here to learn. And I also want to say this before I get into the text. Um, we're not just here to learn on Sundays, but I pray we build a church and build a people that's also feeding yourself on Monday and then on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. Because when you're an infant and you're a baby, how many know mom and dad really have to do all the work? So when you're a new Christian, uh, the pastors generally have to do all the work. But as you mature, how many of you know you should eventually learn to, you know, at least cook some eggs for yourself? Then eventually you say, you know what, I'm going to learn how to cook a good steak, good bacon. And so if you will feed yourself in your private time, God will begin to speak to you more often and you won't actually have to wait to Sunday. Because if you eventually just hold on to Sunday, but don't feed yourself, you'll actually be a um, you'll be the kind of person that you, you get fed once a week. And how many you know that's called starvation? So I want to show on the screen a version um, Bible study. The God I Never Knew, Robert Morris, came up with this. Uh, you sign up for it. It's a 28 study on the God I Never Knew. It will very much complement what I'm going to teach through for the next month. And it will really help you. And uh, how many know that sometimes you need to learn something at home and then get affirmed of it again a second time as you get taught it? Yeah. And I promise that if you learn this and, and follow with me, I've often found that there's certain things I've learned many times and I just need to relearn them or rehash them or feed my faith on it again. Does that make sense? Genesis chapter 12. Now I can get into it. Genesis 12 says this, the Lord had said to Abram, go, someone say go. go, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land that I will show you and I will make you. God has created each of us, but how many know that you have to be willing to be made? God has made you, but he needs to make you. He wants to keep making you. He wants to keep making me. And he says, and I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and you will be a blessing. He says, I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse those who curse you. So Abram did what? Abram, go to the next slide guys and help me out on here. So Abram 
went as the Lord had told him. And but you know what happened? Lot went with him. He said, leave your country, your people, and your father's household. And he didn't say, but bring Lot. And guess what? Lot caused a lot of problems. And I always find that when you do something that's called compromise and you bring Lot along because you think you need Lot, Lot ends up causing you a whole lot of conflict. And Abram did the same thing. He brings Lot along. Finally, there's conflict. And eventually, Abram has to go and save his life once. And an angel of God eventually has to go and save his life another time. But God separates them anyway. Hey, if there's someone that's just bringing you the complete wrong direction for all your life, why wait 10 years? Just probably separate or put some boundaries up now so that they can't cause you pain. That was so good, you should just think about it. And if it's the person next to you, just don't even look at them. Just look right at me, just like, shoot, it's awkward. first point today is this i want to say that god wants to make you a journeyman if you're a woman here journey woman let's not get all funny someone's got like it's not man it's woman whatever number one journey and i wanted to call him a man of faith and i wanted to say the journey of faith or the walk of faith but i said journeyman why because sometimes in our culture faith it's just a concept. It's not actual do. Oh, I believe in God. I believe in him. Oh, that's great. You believe in him too. That's awesome. In the Bible, to believe in God is to follow. It really is. So God looks and says, Abram, I want you to leave. Someone say leave. And so if he doesn't leave, does he get more? No, he stays where he is. And too many times I've done this, you've done this, it's a human nature to do this, is God instructs you to do something and you're praying about it for one year. No, pray about it for a week, pray about it for two weeks, pray about it for maybe three weeks, but eventually you've got to start stepping in the right direction. And God calls him out of one culture into another culture. He says, leave your country, your people, and your father's household. It was the land or Ur of the Chaldeans, some theologians say the Chaldeans are very connected to, to, to Babylonian. If you read the book of Revelation, the Babylonian spirit is basically the spirit that comes against God. And so God calls him out of the Chaldeans, out of a worldly culture that was simply an idol-worshipping culture or a self-worshipping culture and says, you're going to come on a journey and I'm going to teach you faith and I'm going to teach you the culture of the kingdom of God, which is honoring him. Are you with me? So God takes him on a journey. But God is a God of covenants. God is a God that will let you know his expectations for your life. That's why God gave you and me the Bible. How many love the Bible? Man, I love the Bible. I would not be. I don't know anyone that would really be the person they are today in the faith. And they don't love the Bible. Sometimes you'll eat it, it'll be steak. Sometimes you'll eat it, feel like broccoli. Either way, it's good. The only time it's bad is if you never open it. Like Pastor Anthony, what's the best translation of the Bible? The one you read. The one you listen to. Except if it's like Jehovah's Witnesses. Don't do that one. Because that's wrong. Don't do Mormon Bible. Do an actual Christian Bible. 
Anyway, I just had to teach someone something. Someone say the journeyman. God is a God of covenants. And sometimes you meet people and you think, wow, they're amazing. It's like you've got angels behind them. You know when you want a certain person to pray for you? Like, oh, that person. And you just, you can't. But often we think we can never be like that person. I promise you, the only reason they are like that is because they listen to his covenant. And they left and then God taught them time and time and time again. And God brought them on a journey. So God wants to bring you on a journey. Number two is God wants to bless you. Someone say, God wants to bless me. Come on, say it loud. God wants to bless me. In fact, God cannot show up and not bless you. Because God is a God of blessing. There's no one in the Bible that God just shows up to and they actually do what he wants. And it didn't at least go some degree of blessing doesn't mean there's never trouble in your life, but God wants to bless you. The Bible says in Genesis 15, it says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and I am your very great reward. The greatest reward and the greatest blessing that God can ever give us isn't what he gives us. It's himself. And so he says to Abram, I am your exceedingly great reward. I'm your very great reward. And, and most of the time we do honestly come to God because we want to be blessed. And most of the time we do come to God because we have a problem. And that's okay. I believe that's fine. Jesus, no one would have come to Jesus if they didn't have any problems. But they had problems and so they come to Jesus. So if you're here today and you feel like, I have problems, that's probably why you're in church. If you feel like something's missing in your life, that's why you're coming to God. And there'll be never be a time where you probably, everything is just completely rosy in your life. Often, I think the biggest thing that keeps us chasing God is our problems. But understand that even if God doesn't answer all of your little blessings that you want him to answer, and I want him to answer, he gives us himself. He gives us himself. And if you'll seek God himself, you'll find that he's got blessings attached here and blessings attached there. God will bless you. But he he will say to you eventually, stop seeking my blessings and seek me. Because he doesn't want a Santa Claus relationship with you. He does want a father-son relationship with you and a father-daughter relationship with you. Does that make sense? Someone say journey. Someone say blessed. The third lesson and the third walk with Abraham is this. He declares him righteous and it is a very important Old Testament scripture. The Bible says in Genesis 15, 1 to 6, he says, he look up the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to them, so shall, shall your offspring be. Watch this now. Abram believed the Lord and he credited to him as what? Abraham did what? believed. Abram read his Bible. Abram went to church. Abram was uh, let someone across the road who was old. No. Abram gave away money. None of those things. Abraham did what? Believed. believed. And the gospel was declared at that moment because when you believe, you are declared righteous. How many know that sometimes your actions need to, need to catch up with your position? Your behavior needs to catch up with your position. But God declares you and me righteous. And you're like, you're righteous. You're like, I, I, I didn't do anything. I know. My son did. 
And he died on the cross for you. So your past, present, and future can be secure. Can I get a good amen on that one? Galatians chapter 3 verse, verse 6 says, In the same way Abram believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Some say, I am righteous. Some say, I'm holy. It's funny, we were at a, a conference this week, and the preacher asked every, anyone in the, in the service, is anyone holy in here? And like two people put up their hands, like 2,000 people there. <laughs> no one put up their hands because we're not like, oh, no, we're not holy. And he's like, yeah, you are. If God has declared you righteous, God has declared you holy. So sometimes we don't like that word. We don't, we don't realize that God declares you something before you are. God called Abram a father of many nations and he had no kids. Can I get a good amen in the back of church alive, not just the front of church alive? Are you with me? I want, I, can I just prophesy the back of our church is going to become the most encouraging seats in our church because they're taking notes and they're writing and they're engaged and they're leaning in. And don't worry, I haven't forgotten the middle of our church. <laughs> Sometimes you have to be the missionary to your own row. If your row's dead, you can add a little, that's right, pastor. You can even say pastor. You don't even have to say pastor. <laughs> Genesis 17 says this. For me, this is my covenant. Someone say covenant. Covenant is God's agreement with you and he gives you himself that's why marriage is a covenant not a contract it's you don't give a little bit of yourself and a little bit of yourself and then if it goes wire or goes bad you you break it in a moment no you give yourself to it and they give themselves to it and it is a covenant and whenever god meets with us the good news is god doesn't contractually give us things he covenants himself with it does that make sense even if it doesn't, just go, yes, and I'll work it out later. For, the, for, for me, this is my covenant. You will be the father of many nations. No longer. Someone say no longer. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you. And, and you're like, God, you haven't made me anything yet. He's like, be quiet. I have made you the father of many nations. And I'll make you very fruitful. And I'll make nations of you. And kings will come from you. And the whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession. Someone say everlasting. As an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you. And I will be their God. That's why, that's why actually Christians are pro-Israel. This scripture right here, if you're not sure why, America is the greatest often proponent or, or partner with, with Israel on where they live. And it is actually because of this scripture. And I'm not going to get into it, but it normally you normally find when people hate Israel, they also hate the church. It's just a side thought. God also said to Abram, as for Sarai, your wife, you're no longer to call her names like Sarai, but you are to call her Sarah. And I will bless her and surely give you a son by her. And I'll bless her so that she'll be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abram means exalted father, but Abraham means father of many nations. And that there's a lot in that, but I need you to see this. Show on the screen, Abram. Watch what God does to this man. Abram to Abraham. He literally just shifts the M and what he does is, 
See this again. Abram, your name's Abram, no longer. He goes, Abram, what's the purpose of that? What's the point of that? What's the, what's the significance of that? In the Hebrew, there is no vowels in the Hebrew. Actually, you take away the A and all you get is ha. And what God does to him is he looks at him. He says, no longer Abram, Abram, now you're going to be Abraham. I'm breathing on you, my spirit. So he goes from a journeyman and a blessed man to a righteous man to the first picture of the spirit-filled man. Hear this. This is important to establish. God wants to take you on a journey of faith. God wants to bless you. God declares you righteous when you believe in his son, Jesus Christ. But guess what? God doesn't want you to be a you-filled man or a you-filled woman. God wants you to be a spirit-filled man, spirit-filled woman, a, a someone who takes the eye out and says, Holy Spirit, fill my life. Watch what he does with Sarah. It's the same thing. He takes Sarai. And watch this now. This is so cool. He just takes the eye out. How many of you know you need to take the eye out of you sometimes? Right? Because there's a lot of eye in sin. Sin sits in the middle, right? S-I-N. Take the eye out. And all of a sudden, put the O in. You got son. But watch this now. Sarai, take the eye out. And now God, all he does is when you take the eye out, oh, I will breathe on you. And she is the first picture, really, after Eve, of the spirit-filled woman. It's so important to establish this because so many Christians, too many Christians around the world actually kind of believe in the Holy Spirit, but they get scared of the Holy Spirit. But you're only part of the journey. And I'll establish this more next week, but understand that God always takes you on a journey but eventually he needs to he needs to take his spirit in you but guess what he needs to put his spirit all over you so every time abraham would meet someone he would literally tell him i'm not just the father of many nations i am abraham i am god has breathed upon my life god wants to breathe upon your life let me say again, God wants to breathe upon your life. God wants to let you breathe again. You may be swimming and lots of effort and you're like, but I want to say to you, pop up on over water and put your head up and breathe. Someone say breathe. breathe. And God doesn't want to do it one time. There's a, there's a misunderstanding in Christianity that if you were somehow you had a Holy Spirit moment 10 years ago or 20 years ago is that you don't need it again. Yes, you do. Because what filled you 10 years ago probably leaked out about three weeks later. See, God never leaves you when he comes in you. But how many know that you get full, filled with you sometimes? And how many know it's when you're filled with you that you cause you or your problems? I was talking to someone and he just left the DJ life. He's been coming to our church for a while. And he said, I just hung up my gloves. He's actually a very well-known DJ. And I had an, we had another guy in church who just came to church. And he talked about the emptiness. And, and, and literally, this guy has DJed some of the biggest names in, in kind of the, the Hollywood scene and so forth. And he says, and no one talks about the emptiness of that life. Because God has... There isn't a breath there on a regular basis. Actually, I would say the enemy breathes his, his disaster in that area of their lives. Does that make sense? 
Can I have the worship team to come back? Let me read you a couple more scriptures just to show that I'm not just making up stuff. John chapter 3 verse 6, Jesus speaking, says humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. In John 5, Jesus says these words. He says, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by Himself. But he does only what he sees the father doing. And whatever the father does, the son also does. And you're like, well, what does the father do? Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 says this. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. And he breathed on him the breath of life into the man's nostrils. And the man became a living person. God made Adam and then God breathed upon Adam. God takes Abram out of the land of Chaldeans into a new place and then breathes upon Abram, takes Sarai and breathes upon Sarah, takes Moses and breathes upon Moses, takes Jeremiah and breathes upon Jeremiah. He takes Ezekiel the prophet and breathes upon Ezekiel the prophet. And then Ezekiel the prophet begins to prophesy in Ezekiel 37 verse 10. He says, so I prophesied as he commanded me. And he says, and the breath came into them and they lived and stood up on their feet an exceedingly great army. Let me tell you, when God is done with you, God is done with you when you are an exceedingly great army. Let, come on, can I, can I preach this to some people? God wants to make you an example but it's not by a lot of self-effort. It's actually finally when you give up and go, God, I can't do this. And then he's like, ah, oh, finally I can breathe again. Because sometimes we do the Christian life. Me as a pastor, I can do the Christian life in my own flesh. And sometimes you can think you're doing awesome. And sometimes you are, obviously. But then someone has a conversation with you. And they point out, like, one of your faults. Realize you're not as awesome as you thought you were. <laughs> and then you go, oh, I suck. And you're like, oh, I, I can't do it. And then you have to go, oh, oh Jesus, I can. Keep making. Keep making. See, a lot of Christians are like this blow mattress here. See, this is the structure of it. Excuse me. It's a good mattress, right? Oh, I'm, I'm ruining. Am I ruining things? I am. Some of you are saying no. Magno saying I am ruining things. Come on, come over here. Was that? Oh, that's okay. That's good. It's like they're multiplying back there. mattress but it's just not got no air in it it's got the structure it's got the right thing it's like a Christian with a covenant it's got a Christian with a belief and uh, probably goes to church because he's learned a lot and he's like yeah I'm a journeyman I've got a covenant with God I'm blessed but then go to lie down on that Christian get some good sleep going on now you know this isn't that good so you lent on someone that you thought was going to help you. 
you thought was going to refresh you, you thought was going to be a blessing in your life, and you got up and you just went, that was nowhere near as comfortable as I thought it was going to be. Actually, I feel worse now than I did then because all they did was heaps of condemnation on you. The Spirit brings life. But watch what happens when you begin to turn on some power and say, no, I don't just need God's covenant. I don't just need God's word. I don't just need God's faith. All of a sudden, God begins to breathe. And before you know it, it might take a couple of minutes. And someone's going to be able to lie down on this and have a nice sleep. It sounds like I'm vacuuming, doesn't it? Let me read it. this scripture to you. John chapter 21 says this. This is so important. Jesus has just said to his disciples in John chapter 5, watch this now. He says, I only see what I do my father see. I only do what I see my father do. Now watch John chapter 21. Suddenly Jesus, look at the screen guys, John chapter 21 says this. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you as the Father has sent me. I'm now sending you. So before he sends them, he says this. And with that, he did what? He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If anyone could have done the Christian life by themselves, it was the disciples. Because they'd spent all this time with Jesus. And you could just go, you know what? I'm going to write books about Jesus. I'm going to tell the miracles of Jesus. And he says, no, no, no. That's cool. That's cool. Look at this, people. Woo! Now that's a mattress. Isn't that a mattress? I mean, that is a flipping mattress. Steady feet, you know. Now I'm going to take my time to teach through this. I'm going to set this up. So I'm teaching you before... We're really going to pray for people. At the end of the month, I'm really going to believe that we're going to pray for a lot of people who are really going to get a fresh encounter with God. And so I'm teaching to establish some things over these next few weeks so that you have an open mind and an open heart so that you can have faith so that God can truly breathe upon you. But I do believe that God will breathe in these moments. And I do believe that God is beginning to set some things up in your mind so that you can say, God, I trust you enough so that you can breathe your breath on me. Because some of us are like, I don't trust you enough to do that. But I promise you, He's good. He's God. He's necessary. God wants to breathe on you, freshen you. God wants to fill you so that, listen, you're not just, you're not just a structure person. No, you have, you have, you have breath in you. Like my little daughter Hope, she's, she's just learning to jump in the water. And that's a great faith step. She's learned to trust her daddy. But guess what? She needs to pop up. She, she needs to breathe. But how many know that once you've done that, that's not the end? I want her to be swimming like Michael Phelps by the time she's six. She's going to be left, right? She's breathing both sides. See, that's the Christian life. It's actually balanced and on a rhythm, breathing in the breath of God. It is not a one-time thing. It is a regular thing. There are moments when God encounters you, but there are other moments where if you've just learned to, to swim and you are you're breathing in and you're breathing out and you're effective, you're not just floating in the water. 
You're going somewhere. You can accomplish something. If the sharks come, you can swim. Close your eyes with me. All across this place, would you lift your hands? Spirit of God, begin your work. I preach to your word. Your word says with signs of wonder, shall I follow your word? So I trust you, Lord, to breathe afresh on every man, on every woman. Every Abram, that they might be Abraham. Every Sarai, that they might be Sarah. That this place would be a place where people know a fresh breath of God is here. The wind of the Spirit is here, but it's healthy and it's balanced. Oh God, I pray for this house, Lord. But I pray for nations that await some of the people in this room. I pray today that you would unlock something so powerful, Lord, in this house over this next month, that God, they never be the same again. Breathe, Holy Spirit, I pray. Lord, upon any barren place, barren minds, barren hearts, barren rooms, God, help them receive. Just in your, just would you say this simple prayer after me? God, I open my heart. I open my mind to you moving in my life, to taking me on a journey, to blessing me, to declaring me righteous, to filling me. Fill me now, Holy Spirit, I pray. While we're in um, attitude of prayer, attitude of worship for a second. You might be here today. You may have never met Jesus. You're asking, you're praying, but do you have peace with God? Has He declared you righteous? The Bible says when you believe in your heart, He declares you righteous. And then you start a life to walk righteous. Listen, let me just tell you, just in case you don't know, none of us, not one of us are righteous enough to get to heaven. We need a Savior. We must turn away from trusting ourselves and turn to Him. So right now, Jesus wants to forgive some people, declare some people righteous. All across this place, let's pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I declare, I believe in You. I believe You're the Son of the living God. Declare me righteous. Thank You for Your blood. Shed on the cross, I believe you rose from the dead. Changed my life. May I never be the same. If you prayed that prayer quickly on the count of three, would you raise your hand just so I can know? One, two, three, all across this place. Thank you. Thank you. So in the back. Thank you. Another one in the back. Thank you. Thank you. Any others? Quickly, just raise your hand. Raise it up high. You prayed that. You meant that. You know, business with God. Anyone here today? Thank you, sweetheart. Don't want to miss people. Thank you. Father, I pray for every hand. I pray for every heart. I pray for every life that they'd never be the same again. Lord, breathe across this house. Lord, the fresh breath of life in Jesus' name. If you believe it, come on, can we give the Lord a hand in the house? Come on, let's clap our hands. Come on, let's give Jesus a shout. Church alive, come on. Praise God. Hey, let's celebrate. 
those people said yes to Jesus. Come on, let's really put our hands together for them. We did for Jesus. And let's do it one more time for them. Come on, Pete. Close it up. If you want to hear more empowering messages and learn more about Church Alive, make sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at churchalive.tv. We hope to see you this weekend. Have a great week.